This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the spiritual discipline of asking questions. My name is Stephen Bradford Long, and I am here with my friend and co-host for this episode, Justin Caleb Bryant. Thank you, Justin, for joining me. Yeah. <laughs> now that we're now that we've uh, now that you have some whiskey in your system, and our digital overlords have finally allowed us to make a connection. We've been having some issues with Skype. So today we're talking about Tarot. I, I've gotten a lot of requests to cover how I read Tarot. It's a controversial subject. I am part of the Christian community, and anything having to do with the occult at all kind of freaks people out. Now, I have been doing Tarot for about three years, and it has been an, an incredible source of consolation and health and balance for me. It has been an incredibly helpful tool for me. And, and so what I wanted to do to address the topic of Tarot is to have someone who's never done anything with Tarot ever at all before and to kind of walk this person through the act of reading Tarot. And so Justin is going to be my occult guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be my occult that guinea damn pig. Satan stuff. Yes, exactly. So, uh, you know, if you if you end up in hell, you know that doing this, or you know, if you see Justin and he's like you know, stirring a cauldron and wearing a witch's hat and wearing a pentagram <laughs> and has <laughs> then you have me to blame. As we go through this reading, I'm going to be explaining how and why Tarot works. Now, I need to give a caveat. I'm kind of a newbie when it comes to Tarot. I have been doing this for three years, and I have I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. I mean, there are so many scholars who's, who have spent a whole career, who've spent their entire career studying the Tarot. There's really so much more here than I can offer you. So this is just a preliminary introduction. All right, so Justin, do you have your cards? I have all 100,000 of them in my hands. <laughs> okay, excellent. 78 to be exact. So the Tarot deck has 78 cards. Now, the deck that we're using is called the Rider Waite deck, and it is the deck that most Western decks are based on now. The art was drawn by Pamela Coleman-Smith at the direction of the occultist Edward Waite in the early 1900s. All right, so Justin, we're just going to go ahead and jump into a reading. Okay. So go ahead and shuffle your cards. While he's shuffling the cards, the, the history of the tarot is really, really mysterious, and it goes back for many centuries. But what we do know is that it was originally actually a card game that was played in the Renaissance in Italy. And it was a card game that noble people played, that the aristocrats played. But over time, from what I understand, and it is a very rudimentary understanding, over time, the tarot started to develop these other meanings. It started to be used as a form of fortune telling. It started to be used as a form of divination because the cards themselves are deeply compelling. Over time, the trump cards started to be added. The trump cards are what are called the major arcana of the tarot. And those are the big cards, the, the big famous cards that are instantly recognizable, like the death card or the magician card or the hermit. These are the cards that 
are the big life themes. And as these trump cards were slowly added to the deck, they it became uh, the the deck started to be used for more mystical esoteric purposes all right now that mm. is that is like the grade school intro that is, that is like the most basic intro to the history of the tarot i'm not personally very familiar with the history of the tarot but it's fascinating all right are your cards shuffled yeah they're pretty shuffled i guess okay now you can spread them out in front of you with the backs facing up so you do not see the cards go ahead and draw your first card uh card speak to me please i feel like a middle schooler doing ouija okay here's (laughs) you're gonna like bring out childhood trauma and stuff aren't you maybe we'll see okay do i describe the card tell me tell, tell me which card it is there are four chalices and a mystical floating cloud hand is holding it up with a guy under a tree okay awesome so the four of cups now First of all, there, there are different categories of cards. In the suit cards, or the minor arcana cards, there are cups, swords, coins, or pentacles, and I'm blanking on the last one. Cups, sword, pentacles, and wands. Now, the cups have to do with your emotional life. Cups, when you draw a cup card, they tend to be an invitation to to consider your emotional being, your the emotional side of your life, your interior emotional world. Now, swords has to do with the mind. And so you can think of this, this, the sword, the cutting sword of the mind. And so that has to do with your intellectual life, your worldview, your thought life. Now, the wands have to do with your vitality, your energy. The wand is, you know, in, in most of the old tarot cards, is a, is a very phallic symbol. It, it's kind of this symbol of life and vitality. And so it has to do with, like, basically your energy levels. Pinnacles has to do with resources, with physical resources, usually money. So here we have kind of the these four suits, these four categories of the minor arcana that allow us to tell a story and they connect with all of these different aspects of our being. So we have cups, we have swords, we have pentacles, and we have wands, and each one kind of connects to a different sphere of our existence. Do you hear the kitty in the background? I do. Okay. Yeah, we just got a an adorable little black kitty, and she's very loud, and she's wanting to get into the closet. So in this card, in the Four of Cups, if you look at this card, there's a little puff of cloud, and it's handing this chalice to the man sitting beneath the tree. But the man looks really wistful and unhappy. So what this card really speaks to is wistfulness, unhappiness, even when life is offering us good stuff. We're, we're just not able to see it. Wow. And so when you draw this card, this card is an invitation to examine the ways in which we might relate to that. Does that make sense? It does. So yeah, is so that, is that resonates? How so? Uh, what connects for you with that card? What I find is right now with the state of the United States, um, I find that even though I'm a very privileged person and I have a lot going on, and I'm very lucky and I'm I'm grateful for all the things I have, I'm just 
even though life is good, mm. I find myself very frustrated with things that are going on and I should be, but it's like, it feels like, you know, every time I'm in the middle of something, I get some kind of news that like Trump did this or this board did this, or this is going on here, or there was a shooting here. And it's like, you know, right. there's constant emotions that are going on that mm. are just like, it, it almost, it's like bringing out the nihilist in me. Like, oh, this is all pointless. This is all worth nothing. Mm. Meteor for president 2020. Like, right. Things like that. <laughs> right. That makes complete sense. So what this card brings up for you is how you feel like your contentment, your joy is being robbed, even when there are tangibly good things in your life that you can enjoy, you feel like you can't enjoy them because of the political atmosphere. Right. Political, religious, everything. It's like everything is so drowning and so draining. Like, even though, you know, I'm at home, I have a wife, we have electricity, we have water, we mm-hmm. have internet. Right now we have internet until until the freaking FCC decides to take it. <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. Until, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I have this podcast until the FCC decides that I don't anymore. <laughs> right. And so it's like, you know, we, we have things. For my birthday, I got an Xbox. Or not an Xbox, a, a PS4. You know, I got yeah all these things. I have I have beer in my fridge. And, you know, it's like I've got all of these these great things that you know make life enjoyable and and easier i've got a i've got a car that runs i have a a steady job my wife has a steady job we both work second jobs um just to have extra money so that way we can pay off student loans but you know it's like oh man i I have student loans i gotta pay off oh Mm. man you know our country's going this way oh man politics are this way Oh man, how many rapists are in the White House? You know, it's like yeah. how how many you know how many incarcerated people are we having right now? And you yeah. know, I, I just look around, and it's like all of this stuff around me is draining out the happiness and positive energy that I have, and it's just so draining. Sure, yeah, I totally understand. So let's see what the Tarot has to say about that. Find another card to draw. Find one that you're particularly drawn to that you're gravitated towards. Okay, I pulled it. Okay, and go ahead. Oh, you're going to like this one. Okay, which one is it? (laughs) The Hermit. Okay, wonderful. All right, so the the Hermit is one of my favorite cards. Could you describe the Hermit for us? It is a man who is standing on waves or clouds. It's not really describable. Maybe snow, Mm. but he is, it looks like he is searching and he has a lamp in his hand. He's old. He looks fragile. And he's in a gray robe, almost like you would imagine a medieval monk wearing. And cool. he's got a really big, white, bushy beard that you would think that, like, the white god that's sitting on the throne would have. And uh, he's got a staff. Mm. But he looks sad. Mm-hmm. So this is also one of the major arcana. Um, it is a major arcanum. The word arcanum means secret. It is, and that has just a whole connotation in occult and esoteric literature. That and that's a rabbit trail that we don't have time to run down now. The the purpose for that word, but the major arcana are the big life themes. They are the big archetypes, and so this card represents withdrawing from the world. This card represents. A withdrawing away from the world, 
going up your mountain, going up into the mountain like Jesus or or going to the Bodhi tree like the Buddha and finding that inner truth and that inner peace. And that's what the hermit means. And then he's carrying the lamp. So he's he brings the light with them. He is a source of light. And that source of light is from his hermitage. That source of light is from that solitude. And he also is carrying the staff. Well, the staff is a symbol of a leader. And so really, this is a symbol of leaving the crowd, leaving the... Um, leaving all the noise behind you and finding that profound solitude and silence and finding the answers and the clarity there. But that is also a position of profound light and leadership. And so I'm just, I normally, you know, I normally don't interject, you know, my own interpretation onto a reading. But I think the progression here is really obvious, is what the deck is inviting you to consider right now is that you're really overwhelmed by the world right now to the point that you may not be able to enjoy life and you may not be able to enjoy the good things in life. Does that, am I right about that? Yeah. And, and that may be something to consider. Now there is no right or wrong with the Tarot. There is no right or wrong interpretation. And so I may be totally off base here, but what I'm seeing is something to consider in response to that is to withdraw and find your solitude, find that inner light, and find the clarity there. And that can provide the power to confront all that darkness in the world and to bring some, some tangible light to the world. But maybe for you, you need to consider the possibility that you will find it in that solitude, in that contemplation. Does that does that resonate for you? It does, because the times that I've felt the most happy are the ones where I spend my time in meditation or I spend my time alone and contemplative prayer or being by myself and walking through the wilderness, um, going exactly. to gardens, go, things like that. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the reason this card is one of my personal favorites is because it reminds me, I, I ultimately see each card of the tarot as, as nothing more than an invitation to contemplate the image or the story that that specific card is telling. And so the image of the hermit is a it, it's an image that reminds me to slow down and go up my mountain. And when we live in this hyperconnected world, our ability to deeply connect with ourselves and to find that solitude and all the benefits of that are destroyed. And we have to be reminded. And so this, I love this card because it, it reminds me to go up my mountain. So go ahead and draw another card. Okay. All right. What is it? The Hanged Man. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So we, we're having several major arcana here. The Hanged Man, describe the card. 
there's a T-shaped tree with what looks like ivy growing off the side of it, or that could be the branches. I'm not sure. But um, there's definitely, it looks like there could be a dying tree. And there's a man who's hung upside, hanged upside down. I had to say it right, hanged upside down with his right foot on the tree. His legs are crossed in the shape of a four. His hands look tied behind his back, and he has this divine halo ring around his head. Mm, yeah, so the hanged man is an obvious Christ-like image. And in essence, the hanged man means a self-sacrifice or sacrificing yourself in the name of a greater cause for something bigger than you, self-sacrifice. Now, this card is not necessarily, by default, a good card. We can sacrifice ourselves to unhealthy things, right? We can sacrifice ourselves to bad habits, to bad relationships, to a wrong ideology. But we can also sacrifice ourselves or give ourselves in the service to very healthy things, very good things, loving things, a loving ideology. So what do you see in this card? What connects to you in this card? Well, um, like the good evangelical I was raised to be, um, I try to live my life in a self-sacrificing way, uh, much like the card seems to express. I constantly give away and I constantly do for other people. I do, I go above and beyond. And so I just constantly pour myself out and pour myself out and pour myself out. And um, yeah, so it's just, I, I awesome. live my life in a way that's self-sacrificing. So, so it really sounds like you relate a lot to the hanged man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so if we look at the progression of these three cards, we have the four of cups, we have the hermit as maybe like, some kind of solution or some kind of response to the Four of Cups, to that to that dissatisfaction that the Four of Cups represents. But then it progresses on to the Hanged Man. And what I, I see a balance here between the Hermit and the Hanged Man, where there is the time to make for yourself and your own solitude. And then that in turn allows you to give fully to others, therefore moving you into the hanged man. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when I have discomfort and dissatisfaction and I can't find joy in life, I come to myself and find solitude. And then from the solitude, I find happiness with giving myself to other people. Yeah, something along those lines. And it is the solitude that enables you to to give sustainably to others. We can pause for just a moment here and look at these three cards. Now, at any point during this reading of these three cards, did I invoke the name of Satan? Yes or no? Definitely. I'm just, no, you didn't. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> at... At any at any point, are we consulting the spirits? At at any point in this reading, did we consult the supernatural in any way? No, we didn't. Yeah, exactly. So, tarot can be read in a purely non-spiritual way and still be profoundly helpful. In fact, I think it is the most helpful when we don't when we don't read it 
in a spiritual light, but instead we use it to reflect on our present and on our past and our hopes and dreams about the future, our expectations of the future. So this is, I think, the biggest misunderstanding about the tarot. The reason the tarot works is that these symbols, each of these symbols tells a story. And this collection of 78 cards, each one represents a certain aspect of life. And so it is inevitable. I think the Tarot is one of just the most amazing creations. I think it is just one of the most in, incredible inventions because it's basically the entire human experience that can fit in the palm of your hand. I mean, it's a really incredible piece of art. And of course, you're going to sp randomly spread these cards and it's going to cause these inspirations for you. It's going to cause these, these uh, revelations for you. And, and it's going to invite you to reflect deeply on certain aspects of your life. And what's miraculous about it is that it is totally random. And that makes it feel so non-judgmental. So you can you can do a you can do a spread of tarot cards and it really speaks powerfully to your to your circumstances and maybe it brings you some clarification about a relationship that you're in or whatever and maybe it would something that would otherwise be a hard truth coming from another human being well these are just little cards with pictures on it and it's totally random and yet it is still able to speak powerfully to you and so that neutrality of the cards allows us it frees us up and to to bring us into a space of non-judgment and to just reflect on whatever comes up uh it is also incredibly helpful to, to see a story laid out in front of you and then to mm. allow yourself to bounce your own life off of that story. And, you know, I can draw the exact same card every single day for a week and it, it means a completely different thing to me each time. There is no right or wrong interpretation of the tarot. Now, what we're doing here is a very, very simple method. What we're doing here is just a random drawing and just seeing what comes up and seeing what forms. There are more complex spreads where each card, each designation of the card has a specific meaning. And there are also reversals where if you draw a card and it's reversed, then it means the opposite of what it typically means. We're not doing any of that right now. We're just showing, we're just demonstrating the raw narrative power of these cards. So let's go ahead and draw a fourth card. Okay. This one's been speaking to me the whole time. What is this one? Page of Pentacles. Wonderful. All right. So the Page of Pentacles. Now put that below the three cards that you've just drawn in between. Oh. Put it below and in between the first and second card. So you're developed. So now you have two rows. So you're having kind of an inverted pyramid shape. Okay. So it's under the first one? It's under oh, the, no, but, okay, I, I the first and second. Yeah. Okay. It, now we're getting into the court cards. Court cards are the pages, knights, kings, and queens. These cards normally represent actual people in your life, or they represent an aspect of yourself. The page usually represents a very, very young man 
or per young person, young woman, or just a young person, a person starting out fresh. The pinnacles are our financial resources or just physical resources in general, money, assets, so on and so forth. So a young person who's who's new to managing financial resources. That's what this card represents. Do you relate to that image in any way? Uh, yeah, I'm young. I'm married. I have two jobs. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a I'm American. <laughs> right. So I have student loans. Uh, <laughs> and and so you very much relate to the Page of Pentacles in this situation. Right. Okay. So let's draw another card and see what the what the tarot has to say about this narrative, this arc that we're on right now. Oh man, what's this one? Oh lord. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of people beating each other with sticks. Oh, okay. So that would be the five of wands. Those are wands? Yeah, the sticks are the wands. They're very they're not like Harry Potter wands. They're not the little itty bitty swishy wands that, that you get at you know, at Diagon Alley. <laughs> wands in the tarot are more like, you know, bludgeons. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a card having to do with conflict. This is a card having to do with lots of people having different different frustrations with each other, taking it out on each other. And and so they're all they're all fighting. They're all engaging in this really in, intense disagreement. Uh, and so oh, how do you how do you relate to that? How do I not relate to that? How do you know me? <laughs> Everybody doesn't <laughs> Nobody agrees with me with anything and everybody argues. It's like I think I might be the only person who doesn't who doesn't fight with you. <laughs> Probably. Like Yeah, and so you feel a lot of confrontation around you and and so this card oh. this card speaks to that. Tell me more about that confrontation that you feel. Oh man. It's like everywhere I go there's something. There's always something. It just reflects back to the the first card I drew. Mm. It reflects it reflects back to it. It's like everywhere I go I feel like I'm being beaten. And even whenever things feel hopeful, it's like it just turns into a pile of crap like mm. I can't go I can't go anywhere. I can't say anything. I have to walk on my tiptoes. And and these are people specifically around you. I mean, these are people that you work with and do life with and so on. Right. And that's that's why I write the poetry I write mm. uh, on my on my blog is I go through these life situations and then I get so frustrated that I have no outlet other than to just write about it. And so I just write poetry mm. and I'll either write poetry or I'll get pissed off enough where I'll write a blog post <laughs> right, <laughs> about like these scholarly topics. And so that's, that's like my only source of outcome for any of it. Right. So I see this deck or, or I see this spread really speaking to a lot of your frustrations right now. The first row speak specifically to your sense of discontent even in the midst of good things because the bad things in the world just feel so overwhelming right mm -hmm. and then it what it offers is a solution it offers more time to yourself it, embody the hermit be the buddha 
go up the mountain on your own, go up into your cave, and then the hanged man, and that and that hanged man flows out of the hermit. That hanged man, that ability to give of yourself fully, is only possible when you have found that profound inner peace within yourself. That in that solitude, in that stillness, which the hermit represents. So that's the first row. But then the second row, it seems to me that the second row is just really speaking to to maybe the your your frustrations and insecurities. There the first one, the page of pinnacles, you are young, you are recently married, you have multiple jobs, you're you're learning how to get your shit together. And so that card, the page of pinnacles, is just an invitation to to be aware of that, to accept that. You know, I think one of the great, I think one of the powerful things about the Tarot is it just allows us to contemplate with no judgment on the stuff that's obvious in our lives, mm. on, the, on the stuff that's already there. And, you know, might might seem like, duh, it might seem like obvious to to you that you're in that situation. But what the Tarot does, you know, when you draw the page of Pentacles, it just allows you to sit and think about that. And how often do we sit and think about these obvious things in our lives, right? And, right. and then it moves on to the Five of Wands, which is about combat. And that's been another source of real frustration in your life is just pe- not knowing, not really knowing how to connect with other people, especially when they really, really disagree with you and they think you're fucking insane, right? Okay, so let's draw one final card. Oh, here's the tricky one. Which, which one is it? Here it is. Okay, what is it? Temperance. Temperance. All right. Describe, <laughs> describe temperance. Um, Illuminati. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a, it's this unisex-looking angel with a long white robe that has a cup, and this angel is pouring one cup into another cup, and it seems like the water is interchanging seamlessly. Not yes. like it's flowing downward or up. It's just there flowing and the angel has one foot on land one foot in the water and there's life and beauty all around this angel but it looks like on top of it there could be a third eye or a crown or something but the angel has a significance of divinity definitely through the halo that's radiating from it okay now this card represents balance and so what what do you see in this card? What do you connect with? What what lights up? What comes up for you in this card? Um, the serenity and bliss that's all inside of the nature. Mm. Um, and the, I'm really I'm really drawn to the cups that are flowing the water. Not like I said, as you can't tell if it's going or up. It's just there. It just is. Yes. There's a lot of bright colors, too. Mm. And so you're connecting a lot to the to the imagery of of that of that seamlessly flowing not really falling but just the the water flowing from one cup to another that the angel is holding and also the beautiful natural surroundings and so this card is an invitation to meditate on balance do we have balance what does balance look like for us what do we want 
what what kind of balance do we want to attain? So if you look at this angel has one foot in the water, one foot on land, and it has this this flowing water in between its hands, flowing from one cup to the other. And so this is this is a really beautiful, profound image of finding inner balance and external balance, balance between all things in our lives. And 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 how does this connect to your life where you are? And does it connect at all to any of the previous cards? Um, I think it does. It It's um, quite ironic that this one is pretty much centered with the hermit and how this card of balance is balanced with the hermit. It's, it's cool. I like that. Absolutely. Um, and that's another way that you can actually read the cards is you can you can do any kind of spread you want. You can make a circle with them. You can make any kind of shape with them. And then you can read that in any direction in any way you want. And so what you are seeing is that the, the hermit at the top is lined up with a temperance at the bottom and how maybe the hermit and temperance are are deeply connected somehow. Maybe that's how you're going to find it. Maybe. Mm. What do you think? That's that's wild. Isn't that amazing? It is. What do you think that would look like for you? Well, um, like I said in the beginning of the episode, some of the most profound and best points emotionally for me, and even spiritually, have been when I meditate, do contemplative prayer, go out into nature, and find these alone times um and i don't really get that anymore i don't do that because i have a wife i have a house i have two jobs i have all of these different things that go on and i don't really have time to just be yeah i don't have time like what i want to be and what i see is i need to be like this water that's transferring from the cup as like Everything around me is trying to direct me and guide me. I need to just be. I need to just sit there. I need to not go whichever way, but I need to just be content. And be fluid. I need to, yeah, not yeah. Know, not go right or left, but just be. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that's an incredibly powerful direction to end on for that reading. So... This has been a really, really great reading, and I think it demonstrates the power of the tarot. Now, we've just scratched the surface of what you can do with the tarot. Uh, so before we we end this, before we wrap this up, I can, uh, let me just talk about some of the ways that I use the tarot. I use it as a form of journaling. So when I, ha- when I have time and I just want time to myself... And maybe I don't really know what I want to journal about, but I feel the need to, to get stuff out or I feel the need to process stuff or I feel stuff pent up inside of me. I'll sit down with my journal and I'll just start drawing a spread, maybe just one card, maybe three cards, maybe five cards, maybe 12. It doesn't matter. And I'll journal out each card and start journaling on the story. And it can be an incredible catalyst for journaling. I use it for mindfulness meditation, where I practice mindfulness. Mindfulness meditation, essentially just the practice of being aware of what comes up within your being, neither resisting it nor holding on to it, and just letting it be there. And so each card, because it tells a story, 
as you draw a card or as I draw a card, I just practice that awareness of what comes up, what shows up. And, you know, here's the awesome thing, though. Sometimes nothing comes up. And guess what? You've just spent an hour looking at pretty pictures. And that's really relaxing. <laughs> there, and either way, you're, you're looking at beautiful art. And then sometimes really profound stuff comes up. I sometimes do specific uh, spreads where each spread has or where each placement of the card has a specific meaning. But honestly, that's not my favorite method. My favorite method is to just lay down the cards and see what comes up. And I find that that is the most helpful method. But there is so much more here. There is this is a whole world of of helpful stuff. One of the ways in which the tarot has helped me the most has been with anxiety and depression. I live with really, really severe mental illness. As my listeners and readers know, I talk about it all the time. And I have developed this toolkit of kind of complementary medicine. So I, I do the standard stuff. I'm, I'm on medication and that helps. But then I have all of this other stuff that I've just learned really helps me. And one of those things is tarot. And I think part of the reason is it forces me, those pictures, those stories, it, it draws me out of myself. And it allows me to objectively look at a story. It, it allows me to kind of step back and look at a story. It's a way of tricking my brain to stepping back from what's causing me all the pain, stepping back from myself and looking at a story. And the the real power of the tarot is the symbol, is the is the symbolism and the stories that come out of that symbolism. And that is just an incredibly powerful medicine. I discovered the tarot when I was in the middle of a horrific episode that just felt like it was going to kill me. It was one of the worst in my life. And if it weren't for tarot, I probably would have made it, but it would have been um, much worse without the tarot. And so I'm incredibly grateful for these cards, and I'm incredibly grateful for the introspection and the and, and how they have enriched my inner life and how they've helped me kind of explore myself. And I find it an enormous pity. I find it such a sad thing that so many people are afraid of them. I, I just find that tragic because I think they're wonderful and beautiful and have so much to offer us. Do you have any final thoughts, Justin, before we bring this to a close? Early on in my fundamentalist days, as I stated in, I think I think I stated in the episode before, um, I got really big into hardcore music. And there was a band at the time called Hundredth that was like super, 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 super Christian. And now, post-deconstruction and... I guess I've kind of reconstructed. Um, I stumbled upon Hundredth posted a picture of some of their lyrics. And one of their lyrics says a part of the vocalist frustrations. He said, many people think I've walked away from the faith, but I found the light within myself. Mm. And I was just like, wow. Mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder how many people would point at that and say, no, 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 you can't do that because the light's not within yourself. But me as the argumentative theology nerd that I am, I find that if God is with us and if God is described 
pouring God's self out upon us and within us, then when we search within ourselves, we find God. Exactly. And so that just made me think of the hermit. It, it really did. I was like, you know, if, if I sit and I look within, not only will I recognize the wrongs that I have within, within me, but I'll also recognize the divine that's placed inside of me. Absolutely. There was another sparking instance. So I was at a hardcore show again. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I am outside and I see this, this lady, she's doing tarot on the ground. And she's giving people readings. And a part of me was like, go and get one. And I was like, in that moment, I, you know, I'm still Pentecostal, so I still believe that you know, God still speaks to me and, and God still, for some reason, has some kind of miraculous intervention to explain the wonders of life to us. So within myself, I, I had this kind of argument. I was like, do I do it? Do I not do it? Um, I didn't end up getting to do it because she was done and she left. But I realized that within the Tarot, you can find Christ. Absolutely. And just because it has... Just because it has a different face to it doesn't mean that they're not the same implications and realities that you'll find reading the Bible. Absolutely. Ultimately, the, the, the Bible is full of archetypal stories, stories that are about the deepest aspects of human nature and humanity trying to understand God. Well, in a very similar way, the Tarot is about man trying to understand the world and himself, herself, and and doing that through image and symbol and story. And, and so I do definitely see a deep similarity between Scripture and Tarot. So there was another thing that I had on my mind. Um, since I opened up the deck and... I looked through it whenever you told me to. Um, the The death card has been so striking to me. Mm. And so I, I have to ask, what in the world is this <laughs> death card? Awesome. Okay, so does, yeah, let's talk about the death card. And, and so would you say that the death card is your personal favorite card or the one that has struck you the most? I think so. Um, okay, how it, would... <laughs> Ironically, it's laying over the devil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the the death card, um, describe the death card. It is, um, it looks like a scene from that you would read in the book of Revelation. Um, there is a priest that's crying tears of blood, it looks like. Yes. Um, there are dead figures around this death. Death is riding on a white horse. Mm. And has a flag. But the interesting about death is death isn't in this robe like we would imagine death to be. Mm-hmm. Just from our culture, death is riding a horse and clothed in what looks like armor. Yeah, a knight in black armor. Now, look in the background of the death card and tell me what the background is. Sunshine. Exactly. So the death card is there there's a handful of scary uh, of scary cards in the tarot deck but if you really get to know those cards you start to realize that they're actually 
yeah, in one way they're they're scary. Death is scary, but on the other hand, in the background you see that the sun rising over the mountain. You see the sunlight peeking over the mountain. And the death card is a is about a death. Now this doesn't have to be a physical death. This can be a death of a worldview. This can be a death of a way of life, a philosophy, something in your life that you value coming to an end and or something external. So it could be a community, it could be or it can in fact be a physical death. But in the background of the card, you see that sun peeking over the mountain, reminding you that the new dawn is coming and it is about rebirth. And so the death card, it, it invites us to contemplate what is dying in our life, but it also invites us to look forward to rebirth and to cultivate that rebirth. And so that's what the death card is about. And I have one last card question. Yes. Just to clear the air about Satan, yes. what's up with the devil card? <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. Okay, so the devil card is another one of the scary cards. And the card has in the forefront this really scary devil-like figure. But then on either side of him, he has a man and a woman chained. The death or or the devil card is not actually... A bad card. It's not actually a scary card. The devil card is an invitation to examine what is binding us. What is the devil in our life that is holding us down? What are our addictions, our compulsions? What is holding us down and keeping us in bondage? So this is a card that without judgment, invites us to consider in what way are we being held in bondage. And that can be anything from an addiction to a state of mind. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That is. It's just, it's so funny because, um, you know, growing up, I was told that Tarot is bad. And um, my wife, when she was growing up, her parents and her would walk through the mall and they would like, cover her eyes when she passed by Spencer's or Hot Topic and said, oh, no, you're not allowed to look in there. Wow. Okay. There's satanic stuff in there. And then even whenever I was like at my most fundamentalist, um, (laughs) right before I deconstruct it, I was super against it. I was like, I was like, oh, that's witchcraft and we have to preserve the word of the Lord. And and then I deconstructed. Right. (laughs) So. And for more on the topic of deconstruction, you can listen to our episode, Deconstruction, where Justin and I talk about our deconstruction of faith. Yeah, so that is a tiny, tiny, minuscule introduction to the Tarot. Now, there are I, I, something that I did forget to mention, but I feel like I need to add. This is in one particular school of of thought in in regards to the tarot. I take a psychological model whereas there are there are other practitioners who do take a very very serious divination model where they do very seriously believe that it can predict the future and and whatnot. I think my personal theory about the tarot is that it it feels like it has that kind of power. 
it feels like it's magical and it does feel like it can it can somehow speak to the future simply because it is psychologically so powerful and that is my theory about why it works same with yoga as a yoga teacher i think the reason why people ascribe profound mysticism and magic to yoga is simply because psychologically it does really amazing things. It does really incredible stuff on the physical and neurological level. And it isn't magic, it's science. I very much feel the same way about the tarot. And so on a fundamental basis, I don't see it as divination. I see it as psychology, but I see it as very, very helpful psychology. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's our show for the day. And if you want to respond or if you have any more questions about the Tarot, please feel free to message me, tweet me, send me a message on Facebook, send me an owl, or you can find me at sbradfordlong.com where you can read all my dozens of articles. You can send me an email from that website. Also, if you enjoy this show and want to support it, help me reach a wider audience, please go to iTunes or wherever you listen and write a kind review for me. That would really, really help me reach a wider audience. The music is by the Jelly Rocks. The artwork is by Justin Caleb Bryant, and I will see you next week. 